All right, let me teach you tonight. We're still working on things that must end so that our destiny can begin. We're going to work some more on it again in our Saturday and Sunday services. I told you last week, tonight I'm going to teach you about overcoming the shame of failure. Everybody say, the shame of failure. If you'd open your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And what I'd like you to do is just keep your Bibles open there to Luke chapter 5 because we're going to keep coming back to it. Let's start with verse 1 and 2. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, everybody say, Sea of Galilee, with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. Now I want you to notice, first of all, the discouragement of failure brings isolation to your life. How many of you have ever failed? I mean, I'm not talking about you made a mistake, I'm, and I'm not talking about sin. I'm talking about you just failed. Put your hand up high. How did you feel in a time of failure? Embarrassed? Did you want to be around a crowd of people, or did you want to be alone? There's something about failure that depresses us to the point that we want to isolate ourselves. Now, Peter had been a follower of Jesus. He'd been following Jesus around at this point at least about a year. Some scholars say as much as 18 months as a, uh, a student following a traveling rabbi around. So he and Jesus were well acquainted. Here was Jesus teaching a crowd of people by the Sea of Galilee. And uh, Peter wasn't part of the crowd. Peter wasn't listening. Peter wasn't standing there in the front row taking notes. Peter was off with his companions washing the nets after a night of failure because they had just failed. Verse 5, it said, Master, we worked hard all night and hadn't caught anything. I mean, they didn't catch one little tiny dealie. Nothing. They caught nothing. Now, you can imagine how discouraged Peter is. He's a, a small entrepreneur. It's his job to not only pay the upkeep on his boat and support his family, but he's probably got 10 to 12 men that work with him on this boat. These were fairly large vessels. Come with us to Israel and we'll show you an actual ship that they found because the Sea of Galilee water levels went down and they found one entombed in mud. And they excavated it and they've made a whole site around it. They would have 10 or 12 men working on this boat. So not only did he not have any food to take home to his family, he was not even able to pay his workers because they paid daily wage. He was not even able to pay his workers. Nobody had anything to take home to their family. So Jesus shows up on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, and everybody's all happy and excited. Jesus is there teaching, and um, Peter wasn't anywhere around. Peter was off washing his nets, discouraged. Failure isolates you. Failure depresses you. Failure pulls you away from the crowd. doesn't matter how exciting something is, you don't want to be a part of it. Now, as your pastor, I've watched good people. Not bad people, good people. Good people who love God with all their hearts. 
have financial failures, have a business failure. And all of a sudden, they don't want to be a part of a connect group anymore. They don't want to go to church. They want, don't want to go to manager executives fellowship. They don't want to go to, to Kasaganaan fellowship. They don't want to go to a prayer meeting. They don't want to go to a service. They don't want to be in the choir. They just want to be alone. Failure isolates you. Now, in order to break out of this discouragement and depression of failure, Jesus had a solution. Verse 3, he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little bit from shore. And then he sat down and taught. He said, Peter, would, would you help me out here for a little bit? Peter, I need your boat. I need all of your men because, forgive me, holding a boat steady on the shore with the waves coming in from the other side takes a good bit of skill. It's more than one man. He, Peter would have needed to be there. The crew of his boat would have needed to be there. So he used his assets. He used his HR resources. He said, Peter, I need some help. I'm not able to do what I need to do in ministry right now. All these people are crowded around me. My voice can only carry about three rows deep. I'm not accomplishing my ministry. I'm not communicating. I'm failing in my communication. So he says, Peter, I'd like to interrupt your depression for a few minutes. Peter, I'd like to interrupt your discouragement. I'd like to, I'd like to interrupt your pity party. Have any of you ever had a pity party? Nobody here has ever had a pity party. How many people here ever had a pity party? Okay, Peter, I'd like to interrupt your pity party. I'm going to crash your pity party. Peter, I know you're sitting over here all by yourself. and You, you and your guys, you're just washing your nets. and You know, you didn't even want to see me today. But Peter, I know you didn't want to see me today, but I want to see you, Peter. So I'm just going to come and sit down in your boat and say, Peter, need some help. Now, that's what Jesus does to your life. In order for Jesus to break you out of discouragement, he interrupts your discouragement. He interrupts your depression. He interrupts your season of failure. Everybody say, he interrupts. Say it again, please. Now, he doesn't force you to help. He presents you a request. Everybody say, a request. He asks him to put out a little bit from shore. He said, Peter, I, I, want, I want to ask some help. Now, forgive me, but straight talk, Jesus did not need Peter's help. Remember, Jesus can walk on water. What he wanted to do was use the water as a natural amplifier. The people could come around the, the water. His voice would bounce off the water. It's natural PA system. He wanted to use the water and, and the sound waves bouncing off the water. Forgive me, it would have been even more sensational if Jesus would have told the crowd, listen, excuse me for a minute, I, I'm not communicating well because everybody's so crowded in, just a minute, and walked out about 20 steps out on top of the water and turned around, and it would have been as quiet as can be as everybody wanted. <gasps> and he could have done everything, and far more sensational. He really didn't need Peter. But Peter needed him. Now here's the truth I want you to get a hold of. 
Jesus is going to interrupt your depression. He's going to interrupt your discouragement. And he's going to ask you for some help. Everybody say, ask me to serve. He's not going to command you to serve. He's not going to force you to serve. It comes as a request. Peter, could you please, would, would you do this for me? He'll never force you out of your pity party. He'll never force you out of your isolation of depression. But he asks you, would you, could you help me out here? Not because he needs you, but because you need him. Everybody say, I need my depression interrupted. Say it again. Now, Peter, to his credit, and his men, they went out and did it. They said, sure, Jesus. And it broke something in them. Now, I want you to notice, when Jesus wants to interrupt your failure, he has you do the same things that you just failed at. Only he has you do it in service rather than in profit. Everybody say, in service. Now, now part of this is rebuilding your confidence. You know, they, they feel like failures as fishermen. They feel like, you know, these other guys had great catches, and man, we were just, a, we were just failures. So he uses the same assets. He uses the same people. He uses the, sil the same skill set and says, you know what? You need your confidence boosted a bit. So, you know what? You, you felt like such a failure because you, you did fail at fishing, but... I'm going to show you that there's nothing wrong with your skill sets. I'm, I'm going to build your confidence. You're going to have to do something very difficult. You're going to have to actually have to take this boat and hold it right here offshore while I teach, and you're going to have to hold it steady. Now, every one of these guys on shore who's a fisherman would be sitting there looking at these guys going, these guys got some mad skills. I mean, th these, guys, these guys have some incredible... To hold that boat steady, not rocking not moving, not turning around. These guys got some skills. Every one of those fishermen watching would have recognized the skills. And those men, as they held that boat in place, would be coming to the realization in their own hearts, hey, we're pretty good at this. Everybody say, I'm pretty good at this. Say it again. Now, once they finished serving, then Jesus did a second thing. The second thing was not a request. The request to serve to interrupt your depression of failure, that was a request. The second thing is not a request, it's a command. Verse 4, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Once he rebuilds your confidence and the service has ended, now he says, let's try this again but not in your own strength. Let's try what you failed at again in faith. Everybody say, in faith. I, I didn't hear you. Now, this will come as a command. Peter, put out into the deep water. Peter had to make up his mind about a few things. Peter had to decide in faith, who is Jesus to me? Is he a carpenter from Nazareth that I shouldn't pay attention to because he knows nothing about fishing? No. He says, Master. Everybody say, Master. Jesus, your Master.
He has to decide, what does he believe in? Does he believe in his own human abilities? Does he trust, as the Bible says, in the arm of flesh? Or does he say, Master, we worked hard all night and didn't catch anything. But because you say so, we'll let down the nets. Jesus, I'm going to do this because I believe you're the master. And Jesus, I'm going to do this because you said so. Everybody say, obedience of faith. Now, when he did that, verse 4, Jesus said, you will catch, and I like the New Living Translation. Jesus said, if you let down your nets, you will catch many fish. Everybody say, you will catch many fish. Now, I want you to pick this up. When you do what Jesus tells you to do, you are not just operating in your faith now. You are operating in his faith. Whose faith? You will catch many fish. That's Jesus speaking. Everybody say, Jesus is faith. Say it again. He said, you will catch many fish. Not you might catch fish. Not maybe, you know, if you hold your mouth just right and you're lucky, you'll catch a few fish. Peter, if you do this, if you obey me, you will catch many fish. Okay, Jesus. Because you say so, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do this in faith. Everybody say, I will do this in faith. Now let me apply this to your life. In 2018, some of you, forgive me, you've had the biggest failures of your life. And you're really discouraged. Some of you started businesses and you failed. And Jesus is asking you to serve and then he's going to tell you to start another business. I, I, I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. Some of you started in the things and you failed. And I mean, you didn't just fail a little bit. You're like these guys. When you fail, you fail royally. Didn't catch a thing. It's not that they got one fish, they got no fish. Some of you, you're just like Peter. When you fail, you fail in excellence. You fail perfectly. Zero. And Jesus is calling you right now. Will you leave the shame of failure behind? Will you turn away from the shame of failure? And will you serve me? And he's asking you to do something. And he's going to use the same talents and the same abilities and the same assets that you have failed with. Because in using those assets and in using those talents, he's going to completely rebuild your self-confidence. And you're going to begin to see that you do have skills. Everybody say, I am good at it. See, right now you doubt yourself. Because you failed, you think you're no good at it. But Jesus is going to use those skills and use those abilities and use those assets and rebuild your confidence, reminding you that you really are good at that. But being good at something doesn't make you successful. Having faith in Jesus makes you successful. So after he rebuilds your confidence, then he will give you a command. Try again.
try again. Let's go do this. You're going to be very successful this time. Last time you were very good at failure. This time you're going to be very good at success. You're going to catch many fish. Okay, Lord. I believe in who you are. I hear your command. I choose to obey you. I will do it. And this year you're going to do it. And you're going to have more success than you've ever had in your life. Not because of your abilities, but because of your faith. Amen. Now, if last year, would you stand with me, please? If last year you had a big failure, last year you had a big failure. Last year, I mean, you didn't just fail a little bit, you failed in excellence. You were an excellent failure. Would you put your hand up high? I want to pray for you tonight. You failed excellently last year. Put your hand up high. I want you to come on down here to the front. Come on down. Come on down. Now notice you just moved out of your isolation. You just moved out of your embarrassment. You said, Pastor, you don't understand. You've never failed. <laughs> then you don't know me. Man, when I do failure, I do it good. I'm one of those excellent failures. If I fail, I crash and burn big time. I understand. Look up at me. Look at me. Time to stop hanging your head. It's time to stop being ashamed. God wants to rebuild your confidence. He doesn't want you to believe in yourself. That's a worldly thing. He wants you to believe in Him. But He wants to restore your confidence that you do have skills and abilities that He has given to you. You do have capabilities that He's given to you. You do have an anointing on your life. And some of you just need to leave the shame of this failure. Just leave it behind you and forget about it. It's time to succeed. Everybody say, it's time to succeed. Say it again. You came to me the other day and told me you'd lost so much money on the stock market. You, ha you have more courage. I, I would, I'm afraid of the stock market. So, okay. I just, to me, that looks like legalized gambling and you're going to lose. Not, nothing against what you do. But if this is what God has called you to do, to do investments, time to try again. 
I, I don't know God's will for your life. I don't know the, the skill set God has put in you. You've always done buildings. And all of a sudden, everything turned upside down. You know what? He gave you an ability. He gave you an anointing. It's time to believe in him again. And have some confidence in the abilities he's given you. you know, I've walked this journey. Sister Bev and I have walked this journey with you for so many years. You can do it. But don't believe in yourself. Believe in him. Now, I don't know what Jesus is saying to you. But I do know that Jesus is asking you to do something. And this has been going on for a few weeks. In your devotions, in your prayer time. Jesus is asking you to do something. Asking you to serve. And you've kind of looked at yourself up. Why should I do something? How can I help the church? How can I help people? I can't even help myself. And you've just criticized yourself and put yourself down. Don't do that. Does he need you? No. Does he want you? Yeah. He's climbing into your boat. And he's been doing this for a few weeks. Maybe longer. And you keep saying, Jesus, I'm not worthy. Jesus, I can't help you. Jesus, I'm no good. Would you quit saying that? You are good. He gave you those talents. He gave you those abilities. And he just wants you to see that they really are good. Good grief, girl. Everybody looks at you and goes, what can you do? I've seen your work. You are amazing with your drawings. You're amazing. I mean, this is an architect. She's amazing. I mean, I've watched some of you grow up since you were born. I know what you can do. But you know what? God knows very intimately what you can do. He knows all the skills he has put in you. So I want you to close your eyes for a minute. And I want you just to think, what is it that God is asking me to do in service? Not commanding, asking. Those of you in the aisles, just come right on up. Just pray. Just pray in the Holy Ghost and ask him. Jesus, fill them with the knowledge of your will tonight. Remind them of those gentle nudges that you put within their hearts.
Now look up at me again. Look up at me. Have you noticed? You may have pulled a little away from Jesus, but Jesus didn't pull away from you. Jesus has been reaching out to you. He loves you. <laughs> you may even have given up on yourself, but he doesn't give up on you. He died for you. He, he died for you. He's not going to give up on you. He knows everything he created you to be able to do. He knows every talent, every purpose of your life. He doesn't give up on you. He doesn't give up on your dreams. He put those dreams in you. I want you just to lift your hand to him. And I want you to tell him whatever service he wants of you, you will do it. Go ahead. Whatever service he wants of you, you will do it. Just tell him, whatever service he wants of you, you'll be happy to do it. In Jesus' name. Now look at me again. After you do this, not before, after you serve, because he's rebuilding your confidence as part of faith. After he rebuilds your confidence, after you serve, you're going to find that he gives you a very simple command to try again. And you're going to be able to say all the reasons why it won't work. Or you can say the one reason it will work, because you say so. I will do it again. And you have to make up your mind on that. Because you're going to look and you're going to say, nothing has changed. The timing is even worse. I mean, please, you don't catch fish, fish in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, in the deep water, in the middle of the day. The fish are in the bottom of the lake. It's like the worst time to fish. Jesus, circumstances are even more against us. You, you, don't, look at, you don't look for why it won't work. You look for the one reason why it will work. Because you said so, I will do it. Amen. Did you hear me? Amen. Because you said so, I will do it. I want you to join your hands together. This is going to be a good year for you. Everything is going to turn around, my friend. He knows you've got babies now. <laughs> He knows you got babies now. He knows he's going to turn it all around. You haven't gotten married yet, have you? He knows you want to get married. Can't lose all your money. Got to get married. He knows. He knows. Ulita Nata.
Jesus, Jesus, you're the same. You're the same. Yesterday, yesterday, today and forever. Today and forever. You interrupted Peter. You interrupted Peter. You've interrupted me. You've seen my discouragement. You've seen my hurt. You've seen my depression. You've seen I'm just wanting to give up. But Jesus, you stepped into my life tonight. And you reached out to me. Jesus, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. And I believe that after I serve, you're going to speak to me to try again. And when you speak, I will obey. And I will do it, not because anything has changed. But because you said so. But because you said so. And I believe. And I believe. Great success. Great success. Will flow to my family. Will flow to my family. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You see, folks, there are some preachers, they make it all about an offering. But you have to understand, Jesus never asked Peter for anything. Peter didn't have anything. He asked Peter to serve. This is not about an offering. This is about your life. Asking you to serve. You have hope. You have a future. You have a purpose. In Jesus' name. Amen? Join your hands together one more time. Father, I thank you for how you've lifted the heads of your sons and daughters tonight. Father, there's nothing I can do to turn their life around. I'm not a life coach. I'm not a mentor. I'm just a pastor. But Jesus, you're their savior. <laughs> Jesus, you're their God. And Jesus, you know how to step into their life and lift their heads. You know how to give them hope and faith again. You know how to build their confidence again. You know how to give them determination and perseverance again. Jesus, let your hand flow into each of their lives. And Lord, let them always give you the glory for what you are doing in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to sing Waymaker in just a minute. You remember that song, don't you? <laughs> we sing it every morning. I want you to understand something. It's not over yet. Amen. Amen. Say, it's not over. It's not over. Please, I do not say this in any way disrespectfully, but some of you young people, bless your heart, you have everything ahead of you. Why would you be discouraged? Amen. I mean, please forgive me. Some of you young people, you, you've got everything ahead of you. Why would you be discouraged? You've got God in your life. Amen. Listen, what? Ah. All the young people, raise your hands down here. You've got a whole life ahead of you. Amen. Amazing things. If Jesus tarries and I'm an old man walking around like this, I'm going to walk up to you and just laugh and laugh and laugh at you. Do you remember when you were so discouraged? 
I'm just going to laugh at you. And you're going to laugh, and it's going to seem like another life. Because God has done great things for you. Amen. 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 Just stay right here and let's sing it. You are here. Worship you. You are here. 
an amazing year. I say, well, Pastor, what happens if I fall down again? You get up again. You are more than a conqueror through him who loves you. Not more than a conqueror through your own ability. More than a conqueror through him who loves you. Can I give you a little story before we go home tonight? About two weeks ago, I asked you to pray for Brother Grieger, Marcus Grieger. He had just emailed me. He was so discouraged. He'd been diagnosed with cancer. He sends me a long email. I'm up at 3 o'clock in the morning looking at this going, what? He's asking me, would you please make sure to take care of my wife and take care of my son? You know? Only he said, my widow and my orphan. Yeah. They, I mean, he was, he was about as discouraged as you could get. And I just started emailing him hope. Because every miracle starts in hope. And I ask you to pray for him. And I told you then about a week after that that he took his son to buy some Game Boy or something like that. And he was in the toy store and all of a sudden something began to change in his heart. Faith began to flow again. Well, he's out of the hospital. He's home. He's been back in for CT scans. He had a little minor surgery. He is cancer free. you don't give up on God if you get some bad news well fine that's that's the first sentence but God writes the whole book and I promise you the end of the book is really really good because we win so it's going to be a good year amen congregations stretch out your hands toward them and just pray in the Holy Ghost over them now. Every day, read your Bible. Are you doing the 30-day challenge? Yes. Okay. Those of you down here in the front, read one chapter in Proverbs every day. Why? Proverbs gives us wisdom. It's one of the greatest sources of wisdom. It was written. Read the first few verses. It was written for imparting wisdom. Read a chapter every day. Read the whole book every month. And do that 12 times this year. It changes the whole way you think. Everybody say wisdom. wisdom. Forgive me, especially you young people, because you're what the Bible would say is naive. You've got a lot of intelligence, but you're naive. You, you lack wisdom. So read a lot of Proverbs. Amen. It's going to be a good year. Now, men with men, ladies and ladies down here in the front, give each other a big hug. Say, it's going to be a good year this year. Say it again. It's going to be a good year. Now, in dismissing the service, I want those of you here in the front, don't anybody else move. I want those of you here in the front to walk through the congregation and shake hands with people and say, it's going to be a good year this year. <laughs> now, 
A miracle starts in hope. A miracle starts in hope. All right, so go ahead. Go. Go shake hands with everybody. It's going to be a good year this year. Go ahead. All through the congregation, go tell them. Go tell everybody. Say, it's going to be a good year this year. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a good year this year. Jesus is with you. Good night and God bless you.